Welcome to Next Law Ignite. I'm Joanne Wakeford from Next Law In-House Solutions, and I'm joined today by David Allgood, former Executive Vice President and General Counsel of the Royal Bank of Canada. At RBC, David provided strategic advice and counsel to executive management and its board of directors, as well as managed the general counsel group, which included over 190 lawyers and professionals across 15 countries. He was also a member of RBC's Ethics and Compliance and Reputational Risk Oversight Committees. But many will know David as the first Canadian chair of the Association of Corporate Counsel with his outstanding reputation in the Canadian and global legal and business community for his expertise, integrity, and innovative thought leadership. David is also recognized as a leader in the areas of diversity and inclusion and pro bono and has a strong record of dedicated community service. David, thank you for joining me today on Next Law Ignite as we explore a topic that I know is near and dear to you as a coach and mentor for many, the daunting yet exciting prospect of becoming a general counsel for the first time. Now, you moved from private practice to an in-house role, and within two years, you became executive vice president and general counsel. Tell me about what that experience was like for you, and how have things changed in terms of the expectation of the role? Uh, well, thank you, Joanna. It's uh, nice to be here. Uh, it was really a very uh, dramatic change. Uh, I think this is now 20 years ago when I went in-house in my initial role, and then two years later, as you mentioned, became the general counsel. Uh, the, the whole concept of lawyers in-house 20 years ago was nowhere near as well-developed uh, as it is today, um, you know, witness all of the various writings and postings there are around this topic uh, today. So for me, it was a, a quite a dramatic change. Uh, I had to learn uh, the business and the culture of the business. Uh, it, it was learning how to navigate a, a corporate structure with, with reporting lines, uh, complex matrix reporting environment, a lot of things which are quite foreign uh, to a lawyer coming out of a law firm, which is a, a relatively linear kind of uh, organization. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough at that point to have a very good uh, mentor who was one of the uh, existing senior lawyers in the RBC group when I took the group over, and, and I would just mentioned as an aside for general counsel who take uh, over an established group, uh, finding one of the uh, senior lawyers who may not have been an internal candidate for your position uh, and developing a uh, relationship with that person can be a, a great uh, line into understanding uh, the new environment in which you, uh, which you find yourself. Uh, I think for me, when I first started, my biggest challenge was uh, to determine where the law function fit within the organization uh, as it then was and where it should perhaps fit in the organization and how I might have to change that. So I spent my first little while really talking to the various business leaders at RBC, we had four distinct business platforms, and I had to learn what the business's expectations of law was, uh, their assessment of current performance, 
uh, and then spent an equivalent amount of time getting to know the legal group, the lawyers that uh, presented, uh, represented, sorry, the the various uh, business units. And, you know, it was was very interesting. Uh, We essentially had four little groups of lawyers who often faced off against each other remarkably uh, internally to argue legal points. So it was sort of like four separate little firms competing against each other. One of the the biggest things that I worked on over my, the first two or three years was really to change the mentality of the law group so that it wasn't a, a captive in-house law firm, but were much more aligned to the business, much more business partners uh, of the business. And, and that, you know, that change took uh, at least two, maybe three years to implement uh, with any degree of effectiveness. I think today, um, for new general counsel, the expectations uh, really are, are much higher. Uh, the understanding uh, of the in-house role, understanding what role they should be playing, uh, the skill sets that they need to have going in-house, I think, have been refined uh, over the, the last 20 years. And, uh, you know, someone who is uh, trying to get to an, a, a general counsel position, the expectations are going to be higher. Expectations about understanding what the role is, what what the business is, and, the, and how the general counsel relates to the business, the degree of sophistication of the candidates for for these positions have all, uh, I think, changed dramatically. You mentioned the importance of mentorship, and at the time you were managing a legal function of of nearly 200 lawyers in 15 countries, and you were a mentor and coach to to many, both within the bank and the broader legal community, and and to this day you continue to coach and mentor new, new GCs or those who are seeking those kinds of roles, but individuals obviously bring different skill sets to the table. I mean, there isn't necessarily a prototype or a cookie cutter for that perfect general counsel, but from your perspective, what kind of basic skills or background does one need to bring to the table in order to be successful? Uh, well, that's a, that, it is a good point because there are many different combinations of skills that that can be effective in the general counsel role. Um, you know, it's table stakes, just to make the point of having strong legal skills. And I think that's something that uh, general counsel need to come with and need to maintain during their their tenure as general counsel. Uh, it, it obviously won't be in every relevant area within the, uh, the, the company, uh, but there, there will be an area in which the general counsel is really viewed as a uh, having strong or expert legal skills, and I think that's important uh, for me. And this, I would say, is a bit of a personal bias, but uh, but I think uh, ethics and integrity uh, are again an, a critical element. Uh, there is a gatekeeper role in the general counsel uh, position. You're not often really called on to test your ethics and integrity. Things usually go on, I suspect, and certainly my experience, in a a manner where those are not tested. But the underlying ethics, integrity, and ultimately courage to stand up to in difficult situations and 
as some writers have said, having the courage to resign in appropriate cases, I think are is, is a very important uh, element of, of a good general counsel. Perhaps on a better on a day-to-day -day basis is strong advocacy skills, and, and because the, the general counsel and the lawyers within uh, his or her team uh, often are negotiating between various aspects uh, of the business. They need to be translators of the legal concepts to the business. They need to be uh, sometimes advocating between uh, other functions and uh, or arbitrating between various businesses. So uh, persuasive advocacy skills, I think, are also an important element of uh, a basket of skills that a, that a general counsel should be bringing. Uh, ultimately, judgment is key. Uh, the ability to evaluate and weigh multiple inputs, uh, to look at the impact of your decision from a risk-based uh, approach and make a judgment as to what recommendations and advice you'll give to the business is key. And then there's, you know, there are, there is a li other lists of, you know, financial literacy is uh, very important, not, not necessary to have an MBA, but to understand the basics, balance sheets and income statements, particularly those uh, in the context of the business in which you're operating, which can be subtly different from business to business. Uh, a strong uh, EQ and collaborative skill set, I think, is important. Uh, being a team player uh, is critical because you have not only your legal team where the general counsel needs to be a leader and needs to be able to set a vision that the team will uh, consolidate around. You also need to be a team player in the context of the various uh, businesses. Um, and uh, you know, a, a general curiosity about the business that you're in and maybe a general curiosity about business because uh, I do see as a, a evolving uh, uh, trend, uh, general counsel who move from one business to another that aren't necessarily related. So those individuals are really have a broad-based business curiosity, but it may not be full, you know, limited to a particular industry that they started their careers as general counsel. What about the the talent dimension and managing? I mean, you've you've had a team of of nearly 200. I mean, what how how relevant and important is is the is that dimension? Oh, I think the talent is is absolutely critical from my point of view. I think it's one of the, you know, when you look at um, sort of big buckets of time that a general counsel will spend, uh, I think it's very important to spend a significant 25-30% of uh, general counsel's time uh, on focusing on the talent uh, within their team. And, and I think it's... Um, it starts with recruitment. I think you've got to recruit the right people. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier that you know uh, teamwork is is critical. So you want to find and, and recruit for people who can fit within the team. I think you have to actively test for that fit in the inter in an interview process. Uh, I always ha had a little mantra that I always wanted to do 
hire smarter people than we already had. So you're always looking uh, to upgrade. Uh, and I think that uh, in, in today's world, diversity is 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 a very important element of the hiring process, and you will get you know better, broader results with a with a highly uh, diverse team that also has the other attributes that, that I mentioned. Uh, and I think that once you you know you, you've gone through the, the process of hiring and trying to find the right team members. Then another very important element is actively building the group, and that's uh, focused on encouraging teamwork, encouraging delegation. Uh, I, I, I think uh, general counsel uh, strength of the general counsel is the ability to delegate, and, not, and he or she cannot have her fingers in every pie that's out there and you need to learn to trust the team and I think that helps to build uh, the team. Uh, there are other aspects that can be implemented like rotating your high performers from one group to another so they don't get pigeonholed in a particular job. Uh, encouraging business placements. We were uh, quite successful at getting secondments out of the legal group into businesses or other functions uh, for, you know, to, to fulfill the needs for a special project. And then those lawyers, when they came back to the group, had a much, you know, just a better understanding of the organization writ large. And I think it's a great way to build uh, the team. And um, you just have to, you know, I, I think put responsibility on the lawyers uh, and I and, and have high expectations of them and I think my experience was uh, lawyers respond very well to that trust. I think that, that can be a whole conversation in itself the talent piece I think. So what, what it tips, could very well be. What tips would you have for someone coming into the role of an established function versus being hired as the first GC or or even in-house counsel in that organization, I mean, two entirely different um, contexts. Yes, uh, they are because uh, coming into an established legal function, you you are faced with um, a, a basic construct uh, as to where you fit. Um, I think that uh, coming in to uh, an established function, the, f the first and critical things are, and these are sort of expectations at, at today's level of DCs, you have to have done your homework and spent your time learning about the business, and there are all kinds of publicly available uh, information for established companies if they're public, uh, MD&As, uh, uh, press releases, uh, all kinds of sources of information which you can uh, learn about the company. But then when you come in and if you sort of said, well, you know, what's your first 100 days look like in that environment? I think there are um, maybe three or four aspects that you probably should be focusing on. One is to make sure you take what you think is your apparent knowledge of the business and, and go out and spend some significant time with the business leaders, uh, understanding their visions, their strategy of the business, and how they see law fitting within uh, 
their business and, and what the, the role they see for law is. It, it, it may be something that you quite candidly don't agree with at the time, but it's important information to have to see how you will move uh, the function forward in the way in which it operates in the organization. I think you have to spend an equal amount of time getting to know your group, the strengths and the weaknesses. I think uh, that, you know, if you were going to make changes and you think changes are necessary to improve the, the quality in particular areas, making those changes in the first 90 to 100 days uh, are probably easier to do uh, than they are one or two years out when you've got to know people better and are, are, they're more part of your, your team. It, it may seem a little ruthless, but I think that kind of assessment early on as to what changes need to be made in order to have the group grow and become stronger aspect of the corporation need to be made early. Uh, I think you also need to assess what outside influences there are uh, at, at play in the in the in the company, and that harshly looks at how outside legal services are being provided. Is there a outside lead lawyer who has a very strong relationship with the CEO? Is there a, a law firm that is the advisor of choice to the chairman of the board, the chairperson of the board. Uh, you have to understand, I think, that environment and those dynamics and make some judgments after you do about whether they need to be changed and how you need to, to change them. So um, I think those are the, 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 the critical elements to approaching becoming a new GC of, uh, in an established uh, corporate environment. Well, that's great. Thank you, David. So there used to be this perception, I'm sure you've, you've heard it many times, years ago, that a move to in-house uh, meant that you couldn't cut it in private practice, that a move in-house meant that you could be guaranteed a, a work-life balance. But I think we all know that that perception is about <laughs> as, as mythical as you can get. It's like the, the, the rainbow-colored unicorn. Uh, couldn't be further from the truth. And in-house teams are, are subject to the same pressures and demands of, of those in private practice, and if not, more so. We know they're on the front line. They're being asked to do more for less, to do it all faster, better, cheaper. And then in turn, as you mentioned, needing to negotiate with their law firms to make that a reality. Many of the GCs that we've been speaking to through Next Law and, of course, Denton's, um, just have too much to do and not enough time to do it. And, and that sort of resonates through their entire legal team. But how do you, getting into this role, how do you avoid getting into that situation? How do you start on the right foot to ensure that you are realistic about what you can accomplish and ultimately be a success? Mm -hmm. That is a good question. Uh, and when you're, when you're faced with coming into a new situation, I think one of the important things is really to understand, you know, what is your, um, what's your mandate? What does the organization actually think that they want you to be doing? So I did, you know, you, you may believe the mandate needs to be changed and you work to change it, but you need to understand first off what the mandate is. Uh, and then you need to assess whether or not that's appropriate 
in the circumstances. Uh, and I think that in, in managing the demand, uh, part of that is to understand the way in which the business treats legal. Uh, I certainly found that in, in, in the case of the bank, lawyers have lots of skills uh, that are useful in many different environments. Uh, and, you know, I would see in my, the early days projects in which the, there were lawyers involved, there were finance and accounting people involved, business people involved. Uh, and it always struck me, or it struck me early on, that because lawyers actually can write pretty well as part of the skill set that comes along with being a lawyer, the lawyers were always getting uh, a drafting job. So there'd be a meeting that's, you know, it was the lawyers who were going to draft something, which, you know, was not legal product or legal advice, particularly, there might have been a small element of legal advice. I think part of being able to uh, manage your resources in order to accomplish an ever uh, increasing degree of demand is to make sure that the legal function, even though business partners are really doing what is in their wheelhouse or their strength uh, and not uh, having their skill set used in other places and really doing the work of other uh, functions or businesses in, in the organization. So I think that that's uh, something that you need to sensitize the, the, the team that you're leading to. And then Beyond that, I think that there is within the way in which lawyers work, uh, there's lots of scope for looking at you know, process improvement, uh, simple things, you know, simple lean processes that just make the way in which the lawyers work more effective uh, and efficient. So that's just within the legal group itself. Uh, and a lot of this stuff doesn't need to involve technology or, you know, expensive programs. Um, it can be simple matters of looking at the way in which uh, the lawyers actually process a file, whether that's effective and efficient, how they interact with the business, and, and just leaning out about those kinds of processes can really help find some extra time to, to meet increasing demand. And there are things that, uh, a bit related to the first point, but there are things that you can find that lawyers are doing or being asked to do that they just have to stop doing because it's not efficient. Yeah, that makes sense, absolutely. I think just that goes to the, the next question I have, which is around the fact that today's GCs are, are considered part of the executive leadership and must straddle between being that business enabler and also a, a risk mitigator. This is about not being perceived as the department of no, but actually, you know, make sure, making sure you protect the business um, at the same time as managing the risk, while at the same time managing the day-to-day -day needs of the company. So what tips would you have for someone trying to break into that role of that strategic business partner while still managing the day-to-day -day needs? Well, it's a, it, that, that, that is an, an interesting challenge. Uh, part of the, the, la the latter point is, uh, delegation uh, and certainly uh, as as I went through my tenure I didn't start this way but towards the end of my tenure I had developed uh, 
what today would be called a legal operations role. I hadn't really uh, looked on it as such uh, when I was developing it, but I, a lot of the regular operational side of group that we had, which to be fair was a significant group, uh, and therefore we had the resources to dedicate a lot of the more, I would say, routine elements I had you know, sort of managed for me by a, what I called an office manager, but was really a legal operations uh, person. Uh, and that allowed me to focus on some of the more, uh, what I thought, critical elements, one of which uh, I mentioned earlier was the importance role that DC should play in talent development uh, within the legal group. Uh, but the other aspect, and this really goes back to sort of the way in which you approach the, for your first day, having a continuing dialogue with your business partners so that uh, you're understanding the way in which the business is evolving, because it's certainly not static, uh, and there will be new aspects to the business. And I think uh, for a general counsel to get into the position that they are looked upon as a strategic partner that is consulted on strategy, the general counsel has to have developed a deep understanding of various businesses that a company may be carried on and a strong relationship with that business leadership team. So general counsel needs to spend time with the other leaders, the business leaders, uh, to understand what their challenges are uh, and be able to provide uh, advice, which isn't just what the legal group can do to support um, to support the corporation, sort of obvious perhaps, but uh, it requires a continuous education by the general counsel uh, from a business perspective. And, you know, you mentioned all the demands of general counsel. They have to keep current on many of the developments or important developments in the legal area, but they also need to find time to you know, read the appropriate uh, business journals or business articles to understand uh, business trends so that they can add value around the strategy table. Yeah, great point. Now, we've covered a lot of ground, David. Thank you. But in, in terms of any closing thoughts, what would you suggest a, a new GC focuses on in the first 100 days to make an early impact and ultimately ensure their ongoing success? Um, well, I think, uh, and I probably through some of these other questions touched on on most of it, but I think they need to clearly understand the mandate, clearly understand, uh, and this comes through discussions with not only the CEO, but the other senior business leaders, where the law group fits at the beginning of that 100 days, what the perception and expectations of the law group is at that point in time. And then I think GC needs to decide whether that's appropriate or needs to be changed. And if changed, develop a plan to and a strategy to change that uh, and enunciate that 
David, that's wonderful. That's very helpful information. Certainly emphasizes the point that um, there's a lot to do. It probably is a bit of a, a lonely job uh, as a general counsel and always very good to have somebody to, to talk to as a mentor and, and a coach. But thank you very much for joining us today, David, on Next Law Ignite. I look forward to keeping in touch and, and having more conversations on, on some of these topics and expanding further. So thank you very much for your time today. Oh, you're very welcome, Joanna. It was my pleasure. I enjoyed the discussion.